Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Healing Insight. Healing Insight is an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senia May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to pain relief to fertility and so much more. Now, I've personally been seeing Senia for several years, and I'm now part of her membership program, which means I have a standing monthly appointment. Each month, we decide together which areas of my health to focus on. Sometimes it's an energy boost. Sometimes it's more acute, like sinus issues. Other times we focus on boosting immunity. Several of my family members go to Healing Insight, and I really do credit Senya as being a huge part of how I'm able to balance work, family, and other projects, and overall, the most important part, maintain good health. Now, Senya can also help you work through many health issues over Skype or Zoom calls. And Senya was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety. I really encourage you to download that episode if you haven't already and go to HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. The theme today, Elizabeth, is staying in love in quarantine times. Oh my gosh. Let me know how anyone's doing that. <laughs> no, I, we, we I would have love to, to know about it. We have to tell people how to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, let's be clear. This is never a podcast where we claim to be the experts no. in this topic. We're just on the journey of trying to bring our best to the nest. And right. I, I kind of think at this point, loving your spouse, I don't know if it could be harder than right now. I mean, honestly, we're six weeks into the quarantine and you are saying things and seeing things and hearing things that you just want to forget yeah. in your life. And, I mean, and, and it may is not very to, difficult. I may not be able to forget. I've always had this theory. So I've been married, Elizabeth, for 35 years. 35 years. It's so good. And my theory on marriage is – one of my theories on marriage is what makes you fall out of love are the petty annoyances. That's so true. <laughs> like it's, it's no- very it's not the big things. No. I mean the big things can can break it. Let's talk about like okay, infidelity, right? right. That can of break course. things. But uh, but when you really look deeply into those things, right. it's little things that added up to get you to that point. Seriously, there's an article on CNN about how being annoyed by how the people in your family chew is a real thing. It's a real thing. Like if they chew too loudly or they chew with their mouths open. (laughs) But it's those things. You add up enough of those things and you look over at your spouse and you're like, "Mm, 
I don't, I know for sure I don't want to have sex with you. And two, <laughs> I know for sure maybe I'm not in love with you anymore. Because it's just the little things just add up. There was a great quote that Gwyneth Paltrow's mom said once. It was either a mother or a father and said, yes, they both wanted to get divorced at some time. Luckily, it was just never at the same time. And that's, that's the how trick. they were able to stay married. And I think you just have to be honest. I've with heard those. that before, too. Yeah. it's it, it, You just have it's to be true. honest that there are times where your spouse just really bugs. And during these times in the quarantine when you're together with your kids 24-7, it's inevitable that there are going to be things. So we thought, let's talk about, just you and I, let's talk about what were the traits that made us fall in love with our husbands in the first place? <laughs> okay, you start. Tell me. I know it was the hair, first of all. You saw Ian, and I, I think I remember he was wearing some sort of tweed something and some loafers, and then he kind of tossed his hair, and he looked like so academic but cool at Sexy. the same time, yeah. and and then that was it. You have such a good memory. You're, you're recalling that from our radio show years ago. <laughs> I do remember that story. I love yeah. it. I think it's yeah. so sweet. You know, he had great hair, and he had great hair. So that was just very shallow, superficial level. He had sort of a feathered – I mean, it was the 80s. He had sort of feathered hair, and it was shiny and pretty, and it just – he just was – I thought he was adorable. He was very – and then – as soon as we got to know each other, we were friends for a year before we really started dating. He was really, really kind. And so that was something that I just loved. I mean, you would see it in the way that he would treat other people and the way people sort of talked about him. He was just yeah. fundamentally kind. And I, I loved that just as a friend. He was so good to me as a friend. And then he's very, he was very, to me, he was very funny. I, I think he is funny, but he was particularly funny to me. He made me laugh. And to this day, Elizabeth, I, I was noticing this a couple of months ago, is the look on his face when he says something, when he's trying to make me laugh. And when I laugh, the look on his face, Oh, like there's such a sweet look of like, I did it. Like, I did it. like, like that, means something to him. And I think that's one of those things that gets lost in a marriage sometimes is you forget that your partner wants you to laugh. Your partner mm -hmm. wants you to be happy and that that means something to them. So if you withhold, if you're annoyed with your spouse and you withhold a laugh or you withhold a smile, that's, that's a dangerous road to go down. And so, and I just, it's weird because like I said, I've been married for 35 years and I just sort of noticed that, that I, I laughed at some joke he made and the look on his face was so cute. It was just like, oh, he wanted that. Like he was working for that, which I thought was, <laughs> was adorable. And then, and then he, and this is such a weird thing and it's particular to me. He was a wonderful writer. We met at the college newspaper and he was the columnist there. He was the, he he was the he had his own column and it was funny and he was a good writer and i found that really really sexy but those are the things that i sort of fell in love with what about you oh those things are so sweet well i remember jay just having a lot of confidence but like not in an overbearing confident way i mean you know jay it's not it's not like an over the top hey hey guys yeah. you know it's <laughs> it's more just like a quiet it's like a quiet self-assuredness, which I really love. I love that he doesn't, he doesn't reply to things as fast as I do. It, right. he, because he thinks about it for a second before oh. he actually says something where I'm not as much of a 
think before I speak person. Right. He thinks about it. And, and I love that. And a lot of it too, he felt very familiar to me, even mm. though we ha- didn't know each other. And that was, I think because we both, we both went to the University of Wisconsin, but we didn't know each other and we were right. there at the same exact time, but didn't know each other then, mm. but had a lot of mutual friends and a lot of just similar experiences and our love for that time in our life. And that when we started talking about that, we really connected and we'd had kind of similar paths before we met too, in terms of he'd been playing in the minor leagues for hockey, professional hockey. And so he'd been traveling all over. I'd been working in TV and moving in different places. We'd right. both been engaged to other people that we were with for five years before we oh, met, wow, right before we met, weird. broke up and then met. So it just felt like, I don't know, there was something that just felt like our path was just meant to meet right there. And so that made it very easy. And I remember thinking like, when I was getting out of my previous relationship, it felt like the idea of getting to the point that I was with, with my ex was so exhausting. Like, how could I do that again? That seems so exhausting to get to that point with someone. And then of course, what you realize is when you're with the right person, it's not exhausting. It just happens and it's great. And I think so, I think this exercise is important right now when you're yes with your we're in the husband. throes of it. All my friends, I mean, we're, my friends were texting each other and we're like, "This is what's happening. This is what's and and my fr- I have girlfriends with very solid marriages, Marjorie. Right. I mean, solid marriages who are married to good guys. I yeah. mean, they're good guys. Jay's a good guy. All my friends' husbands are good people, but it is tough out there right now. And if you have little kids and you are trying to work from home, parent, and then somehow be like a teacher liaison too to your children that are in school, and then also maintain a relationship with your spouse who's also trying to work from home, the amount of negotiating that you're doing on a daily basis, which is like, well, you're getting to do that, so I should do this. Well, I need this, but you're doing that. I mean, we've just totally taken the day-to-day negotiation that goes on within a marriage and it's probably like at a 10 times the current the regular rate at least and that takes its toll because it's tiring it's tiring to always be like well I have to do this and so you're trying to always prove that what you have to do is more important than what the other person has to do which makes you think that they don't think what you're doing is important which makes you resentful of that person I mean it is a vicious cycle yeah, it'd be interesting, I think, for as a, first do this exercise and remember why. Because what we are talking about is how to stay in love with your husband, but we're with the with the open acknowledgement that these are all good men whom we adore and love, and all of those things. But these are trying times. Yes. These are really trying times. But I think so. That's one of the exercises. But I also it would be interesting for the for the young families that are trying to balance their kids in the midst of this to take one day and tally the little resentments tally how many times in a day you think really really oh gosh marjorie <laughs> because i can only imagine well, i mean what I, else will i get done <laughs> cuz i can only imagine oh. it, it 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 would be a, a high number and i yeah i had a good friend and i used to go walking every day when we had kids young kids. And part of it is we would just sort of go and walk and commiserate. And we would just sort of talk through our days. And it was just a good girlfriend chat for like 35 minutes. 
But it was funny one day because she was particularly bugged by her husband who was working super hard. So the bulk of the child rearing was falling on her and she was back in school. And so it was harder to justify why the things – she was getting her master's. So it was harder to justify why the things she was doing were so important because they weren't actually bringing in money, which, of right. course, nobody says that. Nobody's right. saying But you it. feel it. You yeah, feel you it. feel it. It's just sort of implied and it's – it just is. And – we were talking about sort of we're having this conversation about how when you're really stressed with your spouse and your kids and all of that, how it just it just can't help but really squash any sense of romance. Yes. Any sense of, oh my gosh, I just want to be with you. I just love you. Just ooh, let me kiss your face. It just kills it. And so we were talking about like, what were the things that you could do to like see your husband as sexy again? Like, what could you do? And we were talking about how like both of us found our husbands, the fact that they were smart, successful men, we both found that sexy. So seeing them at work would be sexy. Seeing them like doing what they do is sexy. This quarantine takes all of that away. All <laughs> no. of it. It's all I know. gone. So and all I mentioned see- that even in a previous podcast that one of the things that I love the most about Jay is just the way he is in a group setting and with friends. Right. He's just very um, – everyone wants to be his friend. And he, this is why he has so many friends. I mean, I'm not kidding. I work in a public job. I work in TV. I have met a million people. Every time we go anywhere, it's, oh, Jay, th- this is my buddy from wherever. I mean, and Marjorie, like, you can't walk five feet with the guy. There, He oh. walks through the skyways downtown, and he said he was with a coworker. And they were like, how do you know all these people? Like, do all these people work with you? us and he, jay was like oh no and i was like you're the mayor of the skyways jay you know <laughs> everybody that. in the skyways you know he just has that easy way of connecting with people in right. not a showy manner which right. is really attractive right. and so the problem is though i'm not seeing that now right because we don't go anywhere and we don't see anyone and so oh. i don't see him interacting with friends because we don't have any friends to see. We can't see our friends. We can't go anywhere. Ah, it's just six it's weeks of this. Of It's kind of like that, hey, have a date night thing. I mean, we really do enjoy having a babysitter. We probably right. have a babysitter once a week right? Can't on a, either now. a weeknight or a week, weekend. Like we do a lot of Saturday night date nights and dinners out with friends. And right. we spend the day with the kids and then we get ready and order a pizza and the babysitter comes and it's great. And it just hasn't happened. Right. And then you just have also that added level of stress with height, which heightens everything, which means that every little thing feels worse. That saying death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's like every cut feels a little deeper because you are, we just have this level of uncertainty about the world and about our health and about ourselves and about our jobs. Yeah. That is so challenging. And the highs and lows of that have been, it's just been really intense and everybody's cracking at different times. And I just, I think what's so important is to remember that these are extraordinary times and it's so important, I think, for young families. And I say this because, I mean, Ian and I have our own stressors of being together 24-7, which I feel very grateful to be. We don't have a big house, but we have a a perfectly laid out house for this situation. It's a tri-level. And so we both have a ton of work to do. So we sort of just sort of 
subtly negotiated, I'm on the third floor and he's on the first floor. And so there's a big separation. And we joke about we meet in the kitchen and, you know, for coffee breaks. And so that's good. But there's but but that's only possible because we don't have children with us. Yeah. It's yeah. only possible that we can do this great division of labor. We put in a full day every day, both of us, and we're very separate. If we were trying to negotiate, okay, who's doing the math lesson today? Suddenly, oh, I don't even know. I yeah, know. suddenly that's just completely different. But what sort of inspired this discussion is one, intuitively, you and I both know that it's hard for everybody right now. But I came across an article in Time magazine that the headline was staying in love in the quarantine. And I just love <laughs> that idea because in so many ways, when this all started, we talked about how we wanted to come out of this stronger for having been through it. And one of the things you really want to come out of it is still married. You still want to come out of it feeling like, okay, our family did this and we did this successfully. I know. And, and I think that's a realistic thing to be concerned about, Marjorie. You oh, know? yeah, it is. I, I really do. Oh, yeah, it is. It, and, and if you started the quarantine with a healthy marriage, God bless you, keep it that way. If you started with an unhealthy marriage, I can't imagine how hard these times are yeah. right now. Yeah. If you were not a good communicator, if your spouse wasn't a good communicator, this is either you better get to work on that because I can't imagine – because like you said, the, the amount of things that have to be communicated through now has gone up exponentially. For it's, sure. Yeah. So – but there were a couple of days – so Time Magazine went and they talked to a couple of experts about just – the important things to consider right now to help you stay in love in the quarantine. And I just love this list, and I'd love to get your reaction to each of these because I thought it was particularly good. The first one was cool it with criticism. The right yeah, time to point good. out mistakes is almost never, but mid-crisis is egregious, especially when it comes to money, says Ashley Willis, a marriage and family coach who hosts the Naked Marriage podcast with her husband, Dave. It's so easy to point fingers and say, I told you you shouldn't have taken that job. Ooh, Instead, boy. now is the time for appreciation. It's really important for people to look for what partners are doing right and express appreciation for it. Thank them for making coffee, even if it's the 500th time. So I think that I that's... think uh, I, I do think that's really important. And I know that we were we kind of instinctively do that. There's a lot of like thank yous in our house. That's good. And and you can see that because I see it with my kids, because you do see what you model for them. And oh, yeah. it's not all great. Believe me. But. I my children say thank you a lot. Oh, thank you, Bonadette. Thank you, Bonadette. <laughs> and some of that I think comes from their childcare situation, but it's also a lot of right. us. There's a lot of thank you for doing this. Thank you for making dinner. Thank you for putting the bikes away. Thank you for doing those things. And I think that appreciation helps because it, it also just builds you up to the point when then you do have to say something that's like, hey, this I got to ask you to change this or do we have to do this differently? It kind of softens the blow when right. you've built up that like level of protection of here are all the things I appreciate about you on a regular basis. Right. And I think it's funny the other night and Ian's done this as long as we've had our dog who's about 13 years old now and he's just old and all he does is sleep. I mean, he sleeps 23 hours a day. What a life. But he, yes, but he's very sweet and he sleeps in the bed with us at night, which is cumbersome because he's big. But every night before we go to sleep, Ian will sort of 
scratch him and sort of rub him down and say, you're such a good dog and I love you. You're such a good dog and I love you. And he's done this forever and he does it every night. And so last week I said to him, I want you to say that to me every day. You're such a good wife and I love you. So every morning when we get up, he's been saying, you're such a good wife and I love you. That's very nice. But but I just think those those little affirmations, to your point, they go a long way to soften the blow during times of stress. So here's number two. Be more curious than furious. The article says, with all the new responsibilities brought on by the coronavirus, it may feel like your spouse is not doing enough. But it's more likely that they're just distracted or have worries you can't see. High stress always brings out people's relational coping skills or lack of them, says Helen Hunt, who with her husband, uh, Harville Hendricks, created the Imago Method of Marriage Therapy and wrote Getting the Love You Want. Just asking your partner a question and actually listening to the answer before pulling the ripcord on an argument can have a positive effect. This is the quote I love, and I want everybody to take this away today. Talking is the most dangerous thing people do, especially when they're stressed, says Hendricks. And listening is the most infrequent thing that people do, especially when they're stressed. Yeah, so true. The whole thing about when when Ian and I were in marriage therapy, our therapist said, when are you guys fighting? And we're like at like 11 o'clock at night. The worst. And she looked at us and she said, go to bed. Just go to bed. Like, stop. Don't. Go to bed mad. Who cares? Yeah. Go to bed because all you're doing is making each other more mad. Yeah. So I just, I love that one because I think that's so true. Talking is the most dangerous thing people do, especially when they are stressed. Well, and especially if you're not listening, then you are creating a story about what the other person is saying instead of really listening to what they're saying. And you're reacting to things that aren't even in reality. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that true. That is because we're all telling ourselves stories about what the other person is doing. Well, he's doing this because this and this and this and this is so annoying and blah, 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 right? Yeah. But that might not even be at all why he's doing this. Yeah. He might be hiding out in the garage because he just can't face anything in right. that moment. Right. Not because he's just trying to make you do more work. It's like the story that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And for me, like I know when I'm... When I'm depressed, I sleep and I feel oddly grateful that that's my reaction. And when I say depressed, I am not talking about clinical because I don't, I don't want to use that word. I don't want to use that word lightly. And I think for people who are suffering from depression, I, I, I want to be careful with that word. I, that's how I talk to myself in my head. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in that place where I feel blue or any, yeah. my but you re- can still experience, you can experience symptoms of depression without having clinical depression, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that I was there. When I get to that place, I sleep. So it's a very weird response that, not weird, but it is a response oh, yeah. that I think for Ian and the times that I've been through that must have been very confusing because it's just, it's really hard for me. It's just easier to close my eyes and just go back to sleep. For a lot of people who may be showing signs of depression, it's exactly the opposite. They can't sleep because their, you know, their mind is spinning. Being in tune with what your partner's response to stress is, is really important. It's a longer way to say exactly what you said. If they're hiding in the garage, understand why they're hiding in the garage. This is an obvious one, but I think harder during the quarantine is buy some time or trade for it. And when they say that, they're talking about time alone. They're not talking about trying to get a romantic date. Not here. They're talking about be by yourself. Yeah. 
And this is where my yard has saved me because I'm outside. As soon as I'm done with work, I go outside and work until the sun sets. And so that's like two hours where I'm just by myself chipping away at rock. <laughs> it's very healthy. But you I have think to that's... find those moving meditation things and then allow for time for each other to do it, whether yeah. it's working out, whatever it is. That's important stuff. Yeah. And harder, again, when you've got kids. I mean, this is just that that's the whole part of this. That is they're all up in your business all the time. Yeah. And that's so stressful. That's so <laughs> stressful. I don't know that I believe in this one because I don't know that I could have ever done it. Make an appointment for your blowups. They're talking about if you feel like you're about to get into a fight, stop it and schedule a time where you can talk about what you're about to fight about. Well, in our counseling sessions, our therapist has talked about this too, where there is a certain point that you get when you're in a discussion where it rises to a level where there's absolutely no way that you're going to come to a positive conclusion, that there's it's physically impossible because of the way that your brain is working to right. make it that you can actually get out of that. And this is like what your therapist was saying. You've got to just go to bed. So I think yeah. that idea of stop right now, let's take a pause and we'll get back in 20 minutes. We're going to come back and have a conversation about this means that you can just lower your whole, just the level at which you're vibrating and you're just in this like crazy space, lower it down. And then when you come back to it, you might actually be able to get to a resolution. You know what? I was actually feeling this way and I'm acting mad because I'm really sad or I'm really right. scared. Right. I mean, it's fear and sadness are always behind anger. Yeah. Among other things. But. But are you able to do this? No, it's no way. Of course not. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> that's what Let I mean. Let me know if you can. I'm just saying that's what she said to do. <laughs> Good. Good to hear. I'm not alone because there's no way I can do that one. No, because uh, I'm just like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Respect the now invisible boundaries. And I think this is the biggest one during the quarantine is especially if you're in a space that's not very big. I mean, I'm lucky that I'm in a space not – this is not a big house, but like I said, it's divided in a really good way that I can get away from his noise. We also – Ian and I work very differently. I work in quiet. I love quiet. Because of his tinnitus, he – Noise actually helps. It seems counterintuitive, but it helps. So the TV's always on. It's always on. And it that drives me crazy. Yeah. And so luckily I can get far enough away from him and the television that I don't have to hear it. But I think – so they talk about, you know, these invisible boundaries. But that really is hard, hard to do for people who don't have the space to, to do it. I don't know how – I don't know how you make that happen for yourself, but it's key. I think it's just like if you're focused on reading something or looking at something, not to interrupt that person, Yeah. to try to just give that person that space and that time. Which is also very hard for me. That took me about 30 years to learn <laughs> of saying to him, hey, is it a good time to talk? And then not being insulted when he says, no, I'm really concentrating on something. <laughs> so I bet but, the last five years have been pretty good once I finally got been, it. They've been awesome. The first 30 <laughs> were very hard. Uh, Ask for what you want, and that's that's fairly obvious, um, but to do it nicely. So, And then it said, if everything else fails, try comedy, and I do believe that. I mean, if you can make each other laugh, that's a big part of it. And if you can't make each other laugh, watch something that makes both of you laugh. Laughter helps so much. If you can bring up something funny just even in the middle of a fight or an argument or a discussion, it can just take the edge off immediately. And 
you forget how easy that is. And, and just that little thing can just take the complete edge off of all of it. This is important stuff. I mean, it's good to go through. And you, I think, you know, when they come up with lists like this, I mean, I like them. I think you just have to look at what works for you and what isn't working for you. And you have to just be giving yourself grace. The other thing that I would say that might be missing from this is just being quick to apologize. Yeah. And just to say, this is, I'm sorry. That's another thing that like Jay is really, really good at. And he has taught me to be better at about just apologizing that saying sorry doesn't mean admitting that you're a terrible person. It just means that you're sorry that whatever you did hurt the other person and you didn't want that to happen. And how can you move forward from that, from that? But being quick to apologize, I think has a lot, there is a lot of goodness there. To just well, be able to say, I'm sorry and mean it. And not, I'm sorry if you felt that way. Right, I'm just, sorry, but. Right. Just a straight, I'm sorry. Well, I think it shows empathy. Mm-hmm. It shows empathy that something you've done has had an impact on the person that you love. And it doesn't even have to be bigger than that. It's just that. And I think that goes a long way too. I I yeah. do think these are extraordinary times. And I I I'm so... Because I remember the stressful periods in my life when when we were raising our kids, just my heart is with all of the moms who are going through this, you, of course, who are going through this because I think none of us, anybody who doesn't have kids at home right now can't really understand how hard this is. And yeah. I, I all I can do is think back to how hard it was under the best of circumstances and then try and imagine so that I can have empathy for my friends that are going through it because it's just and, – and I think mothers, and I'm just speaking to mothers because that's primarily who listens to us, have to give themselves a lot of little rewards in the day, all day, the fact that you're getting through it. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's a 10-minute facial that you give yourself. I don't know what those <laughs> rewards look like. But if it were me, I'd be giving my myself one an hour. Yeah. And just figuring out how to get through the day. Because some of these days it has to feel like I just have to get through this without yelling at anybody. Yeah. Or so. just without yelling at everyone more than like five times or ten times. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good thing too. There you go. All right. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Okay. So Marjorie, you found one from Check Girl. I oh, Check Girl. I like this. She says, the hosts are lovely, honest, funny, and so much fun to listen to. It's like sitting with friends and sharing a moment. I look forward to their podcast every week. Thank you. We look forward to it too. We do too. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. 
Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.